now for something completely different. Welcome to Shout Out. Out of the closet and into your ears. Hello and welcome to Shout Out. I'm Ali Shilton. I'm Steffi Barnett. Today on the show, she's the queen of high energy. Oh, she is. <laughs> we catch up with Hazel Dean. Yeah, it's a double feature, a uh, double length one, this one too, a very long one. Uh, uh, plus news, views, and a lot more, all today, right here on Shout Out. <laughs> Copyright. I'm stepping, standing in for Lara there. Yes. I um, hope I did it. I hope I did it to the required quality. Don't do it, little mix. Oh yeah. Don't do it. Don't break up. Splitting they're not up. breaking up. They're just having get the... a break. And yeah, they just said it on the news just then. They're they're not breaking up. Right. They're, As they're, I said, they'll be back in forty years. Like doing Abba. other doing <laughs> other projects. Years. Yeah. <laughs> so a bit like steps. <laughs> Uh, yes, like who also did that, and yes. I, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, but I believe um, um, their tour dates that were due to come like uh, over here, um, mm. um, weekend just gone, all got cancelled because some of the team had COVID. Some of the backstage team yeah, had COVID. Yeah. This is one run, what runs them? in the modern age. I mm. saw the a Japan lovely pandemic. Christmas movie last night. Ooh. I started watching Christmas movies from midnight on the first. It was allowed. Yes, um, yes. I watched last Christmas. Absolutely loved it. It's only had um, 46% on Rotten Tomatoes, 6.5 oh. um, out of 10 on Harsh. IMDb. But uh, Emma Thompson wrote it with Greg Wise. Uh, it uh, stars Amelia Clark, Henry Golding, and Emma Thompson. Michelle Yeo from Star Trek Discovery and lots of other things. Yep. George Michael. Uh, and Rebecca Root, so it's it's a beautiful movie in the same vein as like um, Bridget Jones oh, okay. right. yeah. style. Yeah. I like Deck uh, of the Halls. Do you? Have you seen that? It's a very funny movie. No, you haven't seen that. Oh, it's it's on it's on Netflix every single year. Mm, mm. So. It pops up on television. Yeah. On TV but we're not well. having the snowman this year because they had a bit of a falling out, didn't they? You know, like you the know, animated, the snowman, animated the Raymond snowman, Briggs yeah. Um, animation. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they were the BBC were going to do something uh, with the music and almost like you know redo mm. it and yeah, a bit more modernise it and the like. And um, um, the the guy that wrote the original absolutely hated it. <laughs> And threw his toys out of the pram in performance of a better phrase, I believe, okay. with, with, with perfect you know, right to do so. Mm. Um, but the net result was that the BBC this year are not showing uh, The Snowman. Oh. Okay. Which is a shame. Yeah. So is it on that somebody else bought it up? Like, uh, to my knowledge, so yeah. The original Snowman, the original animation, was, was actually Channel 4. It was commissioned for Channel 4's first yeah. Christmas on the Air, which was oh, 1982. Right. So I don't know about... Uh, and then they did one with the Snow Dog, didn't they? Yes. A couple of years later. Yeah. Well, many years later. Yeah. yeah. It's been around for quite some time, because I, I remember learning how to play all the music when I was a kid at school. Walking in the Air, Walk, yes. Walking in Made the Air. Made Alan Jones famous. Although, he's not the boy who sings on the original transmission. It was right. a guy called Peter... Peter Tuby, I think. Something oh, like okay. that, yeah. Gosh, you've got a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> Full of... So. 
But we are rapidly, we are rapidly heading towards Christmas, aren't we? We've only got a few more shows left of this year. Yeah, rapidly. Yeah, we have. We've got the the vegan guys coming next week. Vegan vegan guys or vegan gays? Well, they're gay, but they're also guys. They're vegays. They're vegays, and they're they're married, and they got a a massive YouTube channel um, showing people how to cook Mm. the the latest, and of course, helping people through a vegan Christmas. So that's coming up uh, next week. And we've got the mental health. We have have through a vegan Christmas. Make it sound like it's like like the end of the world (laughs) or something. There's nothing wrong with being vegan at Christmas. (gasps) Well, I think I I am vegan. I think I'm going to go nut roast this uh, Christmas. I went nut roast last year. Yeah, there was one before. There was a a feature on um, Channel Four News, I think, yesterday night about the chicken and turkey industry. And and unless you get a free range turkey, Mm. uh, there's there's a. I I didn't like the way they treated the animals. So I think I'm going to go. Yeah. and get a nut roast from uh, the local well, you should shop. see what they do to those nuts though I mean it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah there were stats in the, the front page of the Times uh, this morning um, showing the, the the largest amount of gases uh, that uh, produce um, ozone destroying mm. and uh, the largest is is meat but second was was a surprise to me a, lower, a lot lower was tea and coffee really? really? yes why? yeah I guess because of the growth and the, the, the way it's, right. the way yeah. it's, it's okay. grown, I yeah. guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I always mm. get a kind of like being my bonnet about the, the whole, like, you know, the amount that meat gives off. I know it's a bigger picture and the like, but everyone always talks about the methane that comes out of the animals. And I know because I, I watch a lot of YouTube channels that look into how to solve some of these problems. And there's experiments going on at the moment over in the States where they're actually putting um, a seaweed derivative. It's almost like ground up seaweed into the yeah. cattle's mix. And yeah, apparently the stats- it completely cuts out does, all the meat. The stats are for actually what's happening now, not you know what's what yeah. could come. Of course, because they're growing meat in labs, aren't they? I was going to say exactly the same <laughs> thing, isn't it? They're, they're, they're still working on it. Yeah. But, um, that, that's good. <laughs> they're going to have. Would, would you eat meat that's grown in a lab? I, 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 I think mm-hmm. it, would, it would cause major ethical issues for a lot of people yeah. because if you are a vegetarian or vegan you can think well no animal has died for this no. so I wonder how many steps that is to uh, creating a human being oh no don't go there we're talking food here we'll be able to clone be able to clone what's his face Matt, uh, I mean, Matt te- technically you could clone a human because we can clone almost any animal but yeah. ethically we don't no it's illegal it's isn't totally it? illegal yeah. I think almost every country in the yeah. world I'm sure there are somewhere it isn't I, I dread to think but I don't, <laughs> don't want to think about that it's Christmas coming up it's supposed no, to be fun no, you know and we've got some good news actually did you know that as of uh, yesterday an announcement made by the government uh, this is the UK well they're having Apologi- a party this Apologi- Christmas too <laughs> <laughs> apologies yes. to our listeners in the Republic of Ireland but in the UK people with HIV, living with HIV, and taking PrEP are going to be allowed to join the armed forces, which is a yes. new reform which yes. is coming in. And those that are fantastic. those that are in the armed forces that um, uh, either decide to go on prep, which is a very good thing to go on, um, or get diagnosed as HIV positive, will no longer be classed as I forget the exact terminology, but they, they, it was kind of like not fit to work. You, mm. you could only do lighter duties, and, and they're like the, yeah. it's, as we know when we talked to Alid like the other week, it's totally manageable and, and it really shouldn't be like that. So Indeed. they finally catch up with the tongue so it's just great takes, takes how does your heart go Andy 
My heart? Yes, how does it go? How does your heart go? La di da. You'll keep it another time, aren't you? So. Okay, well, uh, we got the first of our um, lovely chats with a Hazel Dean on its way. So, oh, I'll be um, looking forward to this. Yeah, stay with us, Lee. You're listening to Shout Out. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. Yeah, so that's how my heart goes. La vida. I can hear it from here. <laughs> uh, that's uh, by Becky Hill and Topic, that one. It's called My Heart Goes. Girls. I like that. So. That was a short track. Yeah, it's not a long one, but it's a really nice one. So, two and a half minutes. Nice. It's, uh, um, you could have played the extended version of Lola's thing. I could have done, yeah. yeah. But um, we wanted time for, for the lovely Hazel Dean. You know, she's far more important. Oh, yes. I agree. agree. Yeah, Hazel is coming up, and absolute joy to to chat to. I wouldn't call it an interview, because it was more of just a chat. But you you two are like like pals when you talk. (laughs) Can I just give you some of the latest stats from Spotify? Yeah. 1.8 million streams, 474,500 listeners, 111.4K hours, in 138 countries. Wow. That's Hazel Dean. Yeah. Cool. Well, shall we have a listen? Uh, yeah. I don't think my guest needs any introduction because as soon as I say, Hazel Dean! Ah, <laughs> look at the love! Uh, there you go. We're ready. <laughs> there you <all>. go. <laughs> well, of course, we will be bookending the interview with a couple of your tracks just to get people in the mood. And of course, um, uh, we'll be mentioning the, the new albums that you've got coming out at the end of the interview. But but let's go back, Hazel, because um, a lot of people probably oh. aren't aware of, of your journey to stardom. Um, so let's go back to when you were a kid and when you first came out. Take us back there. When I was a kid. Okay. Um, well, I um, I went to school like everybody else. Uh, it was at school, really, that I um, I sort of started um, in my secondary school in the first year. That our music teacher um, uh, wanted to have uh, guitar lessons. And I was really into, and we're talking 60s here, I was into the Beatles and, and all those 60s bands. And, um, and even before that, really, I, I, was, I was quite obsessed with, with pop music and, and, and pop stars and things. And um, so she said, oh, I'm, I'm going to have guitar lessons at school. And um, well, what, I was 12 years old, I guess. <laughs> Whoops, have got them. I have <laughs> Well, you're OK, because I've got, I got my dog with me. Dog. <laughs> Sound effects. Yeah, lovely ones as well. Oh dear. Um, yeah. So I, I anyway, I, I had the guitar lessons. I loved pop music, and I found that I had a natural sense of rhythm, and um, and sort of sort of carried on with the guitar lessons. And that's kind of it. Kind of stemmed from there, really. And mm. uh, well, when we first had these guitar lessons, it was quite funny because the room was packed with kids. With their little guitars, you know. Yeah, yeah. After a while, it all it, you know, it started to ease off. Left people left, but I was one of the remaining. I think there was about three or four of us left in the end. But we carried on, and um, and it, and I, and there were other men people there that could that could play guitars, and we formed a little band within the school, and and really it all kind of started from there, and um, and we started to sort of um, at that. Point, I never really used to sing. I, I just used to sort of be a rhythm guitar player, if you like. 
and um, we used to uh, do um, uh, school youth club we used clubs. We used to go around different schools in the area and sing and, and play at school youth clubs. So that's kind of my real early days. And um, anyway, I progressed and we went on and eventually I joined a, like a little band, another band that were uh, uh, like a dance band that, that sort of played at different functions all around the Essex area. Mm -hmm. So we would do all sorts of different types of music. We would do old standards. We'd do some pop songs. So, you know, I, by, by this time I am starting to sing. And the, and the first pop song I ever sang was a, a Lulu song. Really? <laughs> the boat, yeah, the boat that I row. Right. Do you know, do you know that song? Yes, I do. I yeah. Well, I, I grew up through the 60s and 60s well, music is, uh, yeah. is, is where my so heart I, is. Yeah, exactly. I love all that stuff. So that probably was the first pop song I actually sang. And um, and so, yeah, I used to sort of be a semi-professional. I was still at school mm -hmm. and um, and working in, in, in this little band at weekends. We used to go to little village halls and, and uh, all sorts of places, really. So you started uh, quite young. I started very young. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I started singing. I probably started singing and playing guitar when, when I was about 12 or 13 years old. Wow. Yeah. But I, I you know, I, I, I kind of didn't have a great time at school. I'm, I'm dyslexic and I struggled at school. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, my, I didn't go to great schools, to be honest. And um, so I struggled. But, um, you know, suddenly I found something that I, I could do. Mm. And obviously and very good at. <laughs> I, I opened my world up. Yes. You know, it totally opened my world up, really. So it made mm -hmm. such a difference to my life. Mm -hmm. And um, what was it like um, being being gay through those periods? Well, to be honest with you, I didn't know I was gay back then. Oh, then OK. I have, yeah, okay. I had boyfriends. Right. Um, I, 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 I really didn't. It's really hard. Um, I'm trying to think of when I didn't have a relationship until I was in my mid twenties. Right. Um, is, that, is that when you realised where where your heart really was? Yes, I did because I, I, you know, I had boyfriends. I, I even had a, a fiance at one point, but never really sort of worked out. Um, so I was, yeah. But I've been a late developer in a lot of things in my <laughs> life. So. <laughs> You've got there in the end, though. <laughs> yeah. And, I, I, you know, I do, I, I do sort of believe as well, because I was so um, into what I was doing, you know, singing and, and stuff, that the whole, that kind of side, it was never a big thing for me. Mm. It, more, I was more into what I was doing, more into singing, playing guitar, doing all that kind of stuff. I was more into to sort of pursuing that than, than mm. anything else. I, I never sort of... I could never imagine myself married, for instance, mm. you know, because I suddenly had this this talent that I wanted to pursue because it was something that I could do, mm. but not like a lot of other people could. So I'm going to use the D word now, discovered. So when do you think that things lifted um, into where you got to in the 80s and 90s with uh, becoming the queen of high energy? <laughs> well, okay, all through the 70s, um, I mean, at the point that in the sixties, obviously, I'm a semi-professional. I did have a day job at one point. I, I did. Um, uh, I come. I come from Chelmsford in Essex, and, and in those days, uh, Marconi's 
uh, one of the, uh, you know, the big corporate companies. I had a job in, in Marconi's oh, for about a year and a half. Um, but I did have, at that particular point in time, I, I started having singing lessons. I was going into London and I went, I did go to a school of singing, the Morris Burnham School of Singing. And um, fantastic. It was really good. And but one of the things they will do for you and was which was a fantastic thing at the time. I wonder if they still do that these days, but you'd have your, you know, your singing lessons and and I used to go up once a week and and um, one of the things that they will do at the end of the whole thing um, is they will help you find your first professional job. How cool is that? Yeah. And um, and I auditioned as uh, a guy called Phil Tate, who used to work back in those days. There was a big company called Mecca. I don't know if they're still around, uh, but they used to have these fabulous uh, uh, dance halls. Yes, I remember Mecca. Yeah, you remember them. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, he, Phil Tate was head of sort of the, uh, of the music department because they'd have live bands working in the ballrooms, and in some of the some cases, two live bands. Because um, they used to have the the stage that used to uh, uh, um, what do they call those that used to go round? So yeah, the revolving the stages. Yes. Revolving stage. That's yeah. the, I used to like yeah. the old revolving stage. <laughs> Did you get giddy? <laughs> uh, well, it was a bit tricky. No, it's it's some of them were were manually. I mean, ah, was, okay. oh yes, <laughs> so that could be tricky because at the end of it, it could sort of jolt a bit. You know, so yeah. you'd all sort of go a bit like that. But it was all part of the fun. <laughs> anyway. I'm going away from what I was saying. Um, so I, he came along and he auditioned me, and then he introduced me to this this band leader called Jeff Go, and um, who came along, and I auditioned for him, and I, I got this job. I was still living in Essex with my family, and um, and this my first professional job was up in Stoke on Trent, Newcastle Underline, in, in actual fact, at the yep. Crystal Ballroom. Wow. In New Newcastle underline and that was my first professional job so um yeah it was it was hard leaving home though because I, I have a great relationship with or, with my family and so mm. saying goodbye to my mum and dad was tricky um but anyway I, I, I got a bed sit up there and I joined this band and that was my my first professional job mm. and I haven't the... stopped working since <laughs> just as well <laughs> <laughs> um what was the band called Hazel Jeff Goff Arrangement. Ah, okay, okay. No, not Jeff. It was Jimmy. His name was Jimmy. Jimmy Goff Arrangement. Okay. So That's when, what it was called. when did you get discovered as Hazel Dean um, and go on to have those huge hits that you did? Well, yeah, that came a lot later down the line. That was, I mean, all through the 70s, I, I joined, I sang in lots of different bands mm. um, all over the place, session work, uh, all sorts of things. I loved every minute of it. Um but Hazel Dean came along uh, because in the mid-70s, I recorded um, some tracks. By this time, I'd moved down the line. I'd, I'd met this guy called Paul Curtis, who was a, uh, a songwriter and producer. We did some tracks. I did a cover version of Our Day Will Come. I, in 76, I sang in Song for Europe, Big Ballad. Um, we did a few tracks. And... Um, uh these these particular tracks the up-tempo ones they were very sort of gloria Gaynor type of yeah. feel about them lots of strings real strings mm. and all that kind of stuff and unbeknown to me they became very big on the northern soul circuit 
in the 70s. And um, I had no idea. And then in 1980, well, it would have been 1982, um, I got a, a call out the blue. I was living in Streatham and uh, from a guy called Ian Anthony Stevens, who wrote and produced Searching. And he said, look, he, he used to be on this Northern Soul circuit as a DJ with Ian Levine. I don't know if you know any of these names, but they, you know, they were very big DJs at the time on the Northern Soul thing. Um, and um, he said, I, I, you know, I've got your, your records from that time. I had no idea. I had no idea they were even being played on the Northern Soul mm. circuit, on Decca Records I used to be. And, um, and he said, I've got a song that I think will suit your voice. So we met up. I heard the, the track to Searching, and uh, well, I, I, it was so different from anything around at the time. Because if you those early eighties, we were changing from the music was changing in, in, yeah. into you know the, the techno on here, um, and um, I just heard this backing track, and, and just it was so different from anything else I'd heard at that particular point in time. And I just, it's just so different and, and, um, and I really liked it. So, um, yeah, a few weeks later, we, I think not early 83, I recorded Searching and um, we went into a studio in London, Scorpio Sounds near, in Euston somewhere. And, um, and we recorded Searching. <laughs> Shout out LGBT Radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. There you go, Hazel Dean and her searching. I can see why that was such, such a hit with the A's. Mega hit. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's the Got to find a man. I mean, what, what, what more do you need? Exactly. <laughs> and on the Northern Soul Circuit. Yeah, yeah in the 70s. Well, that's big. Yeah. That was yeah. big. That was a huge scene in itself, yeah. wasn't it? The Wiggy Casino. Yeah. And well, all those part, bands. Part two of Hazel Be a Path to the News. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I, I've just got visions of... Well, a young Terry, the young Steffi dancing around to that one at the moment. I am young. Yeah, what are you saying? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not 70 quite yet. (laughs) So, anyway, uh, right, let's get some news headlines. This is Shout Out News on Thursday the 2nd of December. It's World AIDS Week and a time to reflect on how far we have come in the fight against HIV and AIDS, as well as to remember those whose lives were lost to a pandemic which dwarfs COVID-19, but which also informs how we can better respond to viruses and disease in the 21st century. Many LGBTQIA people will be spending time with HIV charities or attending vigils, church services, or perhaps just reflecting at home. However you mark World AIDS Day, we thank everyone who has been part of the struggle over the last 40 years and we pledge as part of a free and independent LGBTQIA media to continue to work for an HIV free world. The promise is within sight. Now, the American LGBTQIA Newswirethem.com has reported a muted but broadly welcoming response from activists working in the field to President Joe Biden's press release on World AIDS Day. 
Mr Biden committed himself to the task of ending the HIV pandemic by 2030. Mr Biden has reinstated the post of national AIDS policy headed by a black gay man called Harold Phillips. Tori Cooper, a black trans woman, became advisor to Mr Biden on HIV and AIDS in the summer. But there was criticism too, with activists working in the field of immigration pointing out the fact that the US government's current immigration policies disproportionately impact and put at risk people with HIV and those from already marginalised communities. It's always been said that one of the things that we can bring to the world is healing with LGBTQIA people having unity across national and class barriers and care for other humans. Many of us already work or volunteer for the caring professions. Now we're even achieving unity across the notoriously adversarial divides which characterise the British parliamentary system. In an unprecedented move, the LGBTQIA groups within the Conservative, Labour, Liberal Democrat and Green parties in the UK have put aside their differences and signed an open letter to the government urging it to fulfil a previous pledge to end HIV transmissions by 2030. LGBTQ humanist groups have been very active on Twitter this week with posts about useful topics such as lobbying the government in favour of its proposed ban on conversion therapy and looking at the life of Harvey Milk, the anniversary of whose assassination fell last week. The Free Thinker, a long-standing atheist web portal with a strong record of defending gay human rights, notes that the marginal right-wing religious group called Christian Concern, which the Free Thinker's editor Barry Duke describes as utterly deranged, is lobbying fiercely to try to prevent any protections for young LGBTQIA people from conversion pseudotherapies. You can pop along to our website to find a link to the Humanist Association's own advice on how you can get involved in the debate and defend young people. It was once written back in the days when gay people were called homophiles that the homophile community would debate any idea, no matter how subversive or radical, and discuss the merits and demerits. Well, today, many LGBTQIA people still have radical or different ideas about society, politics and the environment. <laughs> and if you're looking for some alternative gift ideas, then why not head on down to Bristol's Radical Book Fair, the second this year, taking place at the Exchange in the heart of the gay village in the city. The organised has promised new and second-hand titles from zines to books and a wide variety of progressive campaign groups will be represented. A vegan cafe will be available for part of the day. The entire event takes place on Saturday the 19th of December between 11 in the morning, sorry, 11.30 in the morning and 3.30 in the afternoon. And once you finish shopping, perhaps you could put your feet up in one of the many LGBTQIA venues and make a whole day of it. On the 25th of November, Reclaim the Night took place in Bristol, with several hundred women taking part as part of the United Nations recognised period of activism against misogynistic violence. Trans Pride Southwest activists were represented on the march and, according to their Twitter feed, were welcomed by the other women in a show of love and support that demonstrated how inclusive feminism will get better results for everyone. Bristol Reclaim the Night is a project of the Bristol Feminist Network. In arts news, tributes have been pouring in for the gay composer and lyricist Stephen Sondheim, who was passed on to the realm of LGBTQIA ancestors at the grand age of 91. Mr Sondheim was the recipient of an amazing nine Tony Awards, eight Grammys and a Pulitzer Prize, amongst others. A protégé of Oscar Hammerstein, Sondheim's famous works include Sweeney Todd and Gypsy, among dozens of other productions. He is survived by his husband, Geoffrey Scott Romney. Yeah. <sighs>
And finally, in music news, the French dance music and LGBTQIA-friendly radio network Radio FG in Paris reports that gay-fronted pop act Years and Years have teamed up with Swedish house music giants Galantis for the new single Sweet Talker, which is rapidly rising in the dance and club music charts. Radio FG, which media watchers will remember, started broadcasting 40 years ago this autumn, initially as a pirate station called La Fracosi Gay, and later as a legal club music gay-led station, says the track is a very pleasant progressive house release. Meanwhile, Years and Years will be dropping their new album in the new year on Friday the 7th of January. Well, for these news stories and many, many more, you can always check out our website at shoutoutradio.lgbt. We update it every day. For Shoutout News, I've been Terry Starr. Shoutout News. National and international LGBT news for you. Uh, right, stay with the second part with Hazel coming up right after this. Shout out. LGBT radio for you. The Shout Out Podcast. I mean, the first club I ever did, and Searching was number one in the gay chart um, long before I had walked on that stage. They'd never met me, but it was number one. And my first my first sort of PA, if you like, was at Heaven in London. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, well, you know, I just fell in love, basically. Yes, yeah. Because <laughs> I walked on that stage... No one knew me, uh, and they just went berserk because they mm. love this record. Mm. Yeah, they love this track, and it, um, yeah, it's making me go all, all <laughs> now yeah. because that feeling was just amazing. Because they were going, they were going crazy, and it was yeah. packed. They were hanging off the rafters, and, wow. and um, well, I, you know, it's kind of been it was a been a love affair ever since. Now I'm going to take you somewhere that's um a lot more serious than than that and you were there for people hazel during that time of um those hits you were having and you helped a lot of people by going into the hospitals and you saw friends that you were you were singing to you know in the audience that would dance to your tracks every week tell me a bit about those days and and how you coped with that with the pandemic Um, at the time i I kind of I just did it. I, I, you know, like I say, I walked onto this this fabulous audience in heaven, and and all the other gay clubs to, uh, that I did, and they just embraced me, and 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 I embraced everybody else. And so, um, and this was all before that the 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 AIDS thing really hit hard. Um, and I and the thing that I remember most is um, that really hit home to me was I was doing a, a show in Brighton. And um, it's a club called the Pink Flamingo. And um, I'd done it a few times. If one of my first PAs of searching was was in was in um, my, my early uh, PAs, again, one of them was at, um, at the Pink Flamingo in Brighton. And um, this particular night, so, uh, so it was, I'm going into 1984 now, and searching was was a hit. And when you used to get into this club, you'd walk down the you'd walk down this staircase into the club this basement in the basement and i walked down the stairs and i could hear the music was thumping thinking oh we're gonna have a good night tonight you know i walked down the stairs and as i walk into the club there's no one there there's hardly anybody there 
what you know i thought <laughs> was it something i said or did or whatever yes yeah and then i realized you know i got into the club and and started chatting to people i guess and um and you know if people were trying to go out basically and no mm. one was there yeah everyone was scared i did the show um mm. and, and, and that was my first real you know realization of of, of, of what was going on mm. um Sorry. I guess I guess everyone listening to this and most people have watched It's a Sin, Russell T. Davis. And you were there, weren't you? You were actually going into the hospitals and, and holding hands and, you know, being there for people. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't, well, because I knew that, you know, it, it wasn't, I'm not, I'm not going to pick this up by touching someone's hand. I knew it was, you, you know, I educated myself as, as, as most people did, because I would say after that particular night, I think, after about three or four weeks a month or so people started coming back into the clubs hmm. you know because they knew that that you you could it wasn't um you know it wasn't just by touching or anything like yeah, that yeah, so yeah. but i i knew i was safe i did go into some hospitals and and do at christmas times we did the singer from imagination and I, oh, i'm terrible with names but anyway, there was a, a bunch of us would, would, would go and, and, and mm. sing to people. And, yeah, it was really sad. And I used to come home and, and, and feel, you know, because they just just looked so bad, just looked so sad, you know, so yes. ill. Yeah, yeah. But they, you know, they loved it because we were there singing. Mm. And, um, yeah, it was making me feel a bit sad, actually. When did you start doing Prides? The first Pride I ever did, I think, was 1984. It was when it was on the uh, Jubilee um, Gardens on the Embankment was the very first yeah. You know, they they were fabulous times all all through that period. Mm. There were always prides. Yes, and we did yeah. them every year. Yeah, and we didn't well. get paid. We did it. What? Well, well, I well, I certainly didn't. You know, might maybe a, a bit of expenses, but we we did it mm. because we were so grateful of all the work we did in the clubs prior to that. What year would have been in the nineties? I guess sort of maybe to, sort of the late nineties when it all started getting very big. Mm. And it all became more festival-like, and yeah. people were being charged, and and artists were being paid. It, I mean, there was one year when, um, and I cannot remember. I think it was late nineties, and I was so shocked. I think it was my the Pet Shop Boys or something like that. Suddenly, the London Pride had become larger than life, and it was all getting really big. Mm. And I, I. I I didn't do it that year because I just kind of was a bit anti it, if you like. We you felt it got more commer too commercial for you. I think it got too, yeah. Mm. But in a way, maybe that was good because then we started having all the smaller prides happening yes, around yeah. the country. And that's where we met. We met at Western Supermare we Pride did, when I was yeah, doing some recordings right. for yeah. Shout Out. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we were so huddled that in that caravan because it was raining <laughs> with, um, oh with Nikki French was oh, there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and, and Brown. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I think you should feel sorry for us all now because you announced your retirement <laughs> for <gasps> live <know>. gigs. <laughs> I know, darling. I've yeah. been, I have been thinking about it for before lockdown but the roads oh, hmm. sitting in traffic jams and i get so stressed out because i hate being late i'm a real timekeeper yeah i get very stressful hotel rooms i wasn't hmm. sleeping properly if someone could just you know do beam me up scotty and i could just <laughs> straight on the page. i've been in the studio twice since since i retired and we're doing um as you as 
as you know, we've done these two albums, Volume 1 yeah, and one, I was uh, just going to get on to that. Nice segue. I know. There, well, Hazel. I've done it for you now. <laughs> Doing your job for you now. <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> we've just put out the Dean and Ware collection. I now have the rights to all those tracks. And we just, we, we thought we'd, we'd kick off and just put it out there and suck it and see. Before we go. Okay. Stevie yeah giving, giving, giving up her hair we have to mention that yeah. such a good act of, of a great act of kindness well she's yeah i know well, well she met another girl um who had done this another little girl when we when i was doing the let's rocks festivals who'd, who'd uh done the same thing and it just um she just wanted to do it so she's been growing her hair you have to grow it to a certain length mm. and um yeah she had it done on a sunday just gone She's had a lovely little bob, though. Have you seen the bob she's had? Uh, yes, I've seen the photos yeah. on, on yeah, Twitter. Nice. Yeah, And um, yeah. Um, from my perspective, Hazel, I'd like to thank you very much for supplying such lovely music as I grew up, which I just oh, absolutely love. Thank you. Um, and yeah. also being trans myself, your fantastic support for the trans community just keeps You're going. Welcome. And I think the trans community owe you a, a debt of gratitude, and oh, I'm funneling that through me. Thank you. Oh, bless you. Well, you know. Hazel Dean, thank you so much for your time. Oh. It's been lovely catching up with you again. You're welcome, my darling. You're welcome. For more information about Shoutout Radio, visit us online at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Shoutout. LGBT Radio for you. The Shoutout Podcast. There you go. Uh, that's a lovely Hazel Dean. Uh, and a big thank you to Hazel for talking to, to well, I say us, to Steph. Uh, because, uh, what you heard there was the edited version. It was, it was it a little was. bit longer. Yeah, I, I <laughs> yeah. guess there's uh, uh, about double that amount of audio that's on the cutting room floor. But um, we'll have to do a maybe special. in the new year we yeah. can um, we can do it and um, you know give a whole show over to somebody who's given so much of her mm. life to, to, to the, the, the queer community yeah. and, yeah, and now the trans well community. Yeah. Yeah. See what what we need to do. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're obviously community, but um, if if we had an Limited budget. We give some one of them amazing coaches, pick her up and bring, oh, bring, bring her straight her down. so there's no traffic yeah. jams. No traffic uh, jam yeah, you can sleep on the coach. Hazel, so are you yeah. listening to this? <laughs> yeah. Do you think, just as a as a side, you know, Hazel mentioned that there were the gay charts. She was at the top of the gay charts. Yes. Course, if you read very old copies of Gay Times and him exclusive and things like that, there was a gay chart. Yes, was there? that gay yeah. DJs used and it was compiled by Gallup or whoever separately. Do you think sometimes you know? I mean. LGBTQI people are much more accepted today than ever before. Really. Mm. But do you think sometimes we might have lost some of those those quirky little institutions it's you know, really, of, the, of the day? Yeah, I, just, I was just thinking that, you know, yeah, our mean, own I was, chart. I was having this conversation, and it's something we talked about on Shout Out before as well. I mean, um, when when I when I came out, you still you had the gay scene, as we used to call it. I mean, it wasn't just gay. There, there were lesbian parts too, and there were often lesbian bars too, um, and, and the like. Um, some of the others were still quite underground. Trans wasn't mm, as yeah. well known at all as we, no, as we know, and, yeah. and, and certainly the bisexual community was also kind of quite... Marginalised. Marginalised. Yeah, I'm going back that. to like the, the late '90s here, um, you know. But what was really nice is, although the places were there as a kind of like protectionist place, so you were in a safe space because they they flew the rainbow flag and they would look after you, etc. Because there was no equality laws and, and like yeah, that then. So. It also meant that you got this kind of sense of 
um, being part of something. Solidarity. Um, yeah. And it is one of the things that, despite the fact that I think equality is great and that, you know... Um, there's no such thing as like straight and gay clubs now the, the kind of concepts gone mm. because of equality are you saying there is that, that bit that's kind of a little bit lost with that isn't it yeah are you saying that as we get flattened out and become mainstream society that we could lose the excitement of protest mm. we don't shout out we just shout a little <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, think, I think all minority communities find that there's sort yeah. of paradoxes in how in, in you know how assimilated you are Mm. within society you know yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's just a generational thing you know I mean it would be actually it would be a good thing to ask um, uh, some of the younger audience if you're listening uh, yeah, let us know you know, yeah. because if you grow up in the society we are in now where it's far more um, uh, not just tolerated but accepted and we have equality and the like do you miss something you've never had mm. I don't know well, I don't know. I, I know that there's a hell of a fight on for the trans community at I was going to say, the, 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 a, there is backlash as there's well. There's a lot yeah. of hate out there. Mm. You know, the, the trans community are way behind the, the, the gay community in fighting for rights. Yes. Yeah. You know? yeah. But, uh, well Which done, is Bruce. why it drives me up the wall when you get things like that, LGB alliance. Yeah. Well, well, and it's, it's group, people yeah. like uh, you know. Hazel put their heads well yeah. above the parapet yeah. and, and fight for the trans community. And there, there are a lot of LGB mm. um, people out there yeah, who and do fight for the trans community. Yeah, because they, nice. they've been through it themselves. Exactly. You know, they, they yeah, fought yeah. the fight for. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, was it Peter Tatchell? I think that, that, that said something like that. You know, it's like when, when it comes to you know campaigning about something, the gays and lesbians really know what to do because they've yeah. done it so well before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's why a lot of LGBTQIA people go into other campaigns that are very active in animal rights and the environment yeah. and things like that. Mm. But I was going to say. Uh, stuffy well done bristol feminist network who organized reclaim the night which is an anti-violence yes. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were like yes we want trans women yeah. on this march well, that was, we're all together we are happened, fighting for the same thing yeah that happened throughout the country mm. which is brilliant yes which is brilliant yeah news. that was well good. it should just yeah. be and inclusive women. feminism is you know the way forward can I just mention this? Uh, I know we go out uh, across Ireland. Doctor in Ireland denies married lesbian a hysterectomy in case of sexual orientation changes. How strange. It's very odd, isn't it? Irish woman Rachel Champ, 27, says her doctor told her that she wouldn't consider a hysterectomy because she may decide to have children in the future. What a, how odd. Yeah. Um, an Irish yeah. woman has revealed that her gynaecologist denied her her hysterectomy in case of sexual orientation. She, mm. Yeah. Wow. Bizarre, bizarre. Ireland, of course, has come on so far in, you know, we were talking about the old days, but, um, you know, even when I came out, it, it was only just uh, legal in the Republic of Ireland to be uh, to be a gay man. That, you know, that, that changed in the 1990s. And yeah. Ireland, of course, has switched around completely now, you know, it's had yeah. a referendum yeah. on exactly. same-sex marriage and so on. Well, they've gone one further. Now, teaching material in Ireland asked students to read through a series of homophobic statements to discuss whether they agreed with them or not. So um, it removes homophobic online teaching materials from schools. So uh, another step forward. Yeah. yeah. And well, another plus as well, uh, Canada's MPs have just voted to ban uh, LGBT conversion therapy. Yes, um, indeed. Which, of course, is yeah. Um, yeah. Um, uh, uh, still under consultation here and yes. rumoured yeah, right. to have yeah. loopholes put in it for... Absolutely, well, yeah. And I would say um, check out the British Humanist Associations. I mean, whether you're religious or not, whatever your personal views are, if you believe in protecting LGBTQIA children from... 
uh, anti-gay therapies, then uh, do consult with the British Humanists Association online, as I say, because you've got to the 10th of December when the government consultation closes. But have your say and, uh, and as I say, defend their rights. And number 10, there's another party. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wham. I, I, you know, it's very, very rare that like I get the politics thing and the like but the whole way that, that things like that have come out have really rattled my cage you know there we were like last Christmas we were all going to have like three days and do you remember it went down to one because Covid was so bad and then the story comes out that number 10 had a big party when we were all yeah. locked down mm. <clears throat> was it ever thus one rule for well, the rulers the, and one rule the for the rest of boys us? have been given the rattle yeah. so they're playing Need with to it drive yes. to a castle to test my eyesight yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. so, it's right. mad, isn't it? When you think back, it was a year ago when all that kind of stuff was going on. So. Mm. It was, and here we are another year on hopefully a better Christmas coming up. But we're gonna, on the 16th, we're going to be talking about how to deal with Christmas if it's not your favourite time of year, which, of course, affects quite a lot. Yes, we're going to be dealing with mental health, yeah. which um, which is important over this, this period. Yeah. 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 And it, I mean, it affects everybody, whether you're gay or not, or, or, or trans, but yeah. it particularly affects uh, the LGBTQIA community. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, we have got the Christmas Cracker, which is our <gasps> Christmas show, which is, I think, uh, the day before um, Christmas, Christmas Eve. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, always a fun one that. So, uh, anyway, that's it for this week. As always, loads more stuff. Check us out online on our website. Check it out with our podcast at shoutoutradio.lgbt. Uh, next week, it's those vegan gays. Vegan guys? Vegan, I wrote wow. vegan gays on here, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Looking anyway, forward they're here. to it. So, Looking um, forward to it. Uh, join us for that. Same time, same place. Uh, see you next week. For myself, Terry, and Steph, and the rest of the extended team, say bye, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Shout out. LGBT Radio for you.